Welcome to the Ripened Heart Podcast, where we explore the depths of the human psyche through the lens of homeopathy, human design, and astrology for soul-deep healing. Each episode will feature vulnerable and thought-provoking conversations, highlighting healing modalities that help us shift our perspective on what it means to be a healthy and fulfilled human being in today's world. I'm your host, Kaylee Anello. Let's dive into the podcast. Okay, take 27. (laughs) Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Um, Em and I have been here recording your May forecast. And let's just say that we've had a lot of um, false starts, a lot of bad takes. Mercury is squaring Saturn today. And um, if any of you out there ever record a podcast, do not record a podcast on this aspect because you may end up really frustrated like we have been. But you know what? We're going to get through this recording. I'm so happy that you're back with us listening again. If you're new around here, hi. My name is Kaylee. I am a human design reader, um, a student homeopath, and my fiance here next to me, Emily Florence, is an astrologer at Cypress Healing Arts, and she has a background in natural health as well. And so I just always love getting her perspective on what's happening in the sky, um, the energies that are impacting us, and how we can kind of move through the energy with more ease and grace. So without further ado, what can we expect with this full moon in Scorpio that's happening today on the 26th? Well, right now, as you already alluded to it, um, there's a there's a looser square, uh, Venus square Saturn. Venus um, is also conjunct Mercury, um, which would mean that that's also squaring Saturn. So what, what does this mean in English? Well, um, that's our relationships and our communication. And there's that hindrance <laughs> of Saturn, um, which is the, the planet of like restriction, limitation. It's also like you're not going to feel super confident when whenever there's a square with Saturn. Um, so... Yeah, you know, there's there's been some frustrations. I did allude, I did say that earlier, but um, <laughs> we still uh, stubbornly uh, went through with it. We wanted to get you this forecast, guys, and I saw. I I looked at my chart. Go to astro.com if you want to look up your astrology chart. Put in your birth time. See where the moon is hitting in your chart. See what house it's in. For me, it's in the seventh house this month. And um, that's the house of relationships. And here Em and I are in a relationship (laughs) recording a podcast on the worst day. And it showed, but you know what? You just have to laugh it off, get through it. You know, with astrology, it's like you don't need to plan your life around every single bad aspect, but it can give you context if things do go awry. Like, you don't have to micromanage your life and, you know, be, live in fear of these harsher or, you know, maybe some tougher energies. But, you know, it's true. It did play out for me this month uh, with Scorpio in the seventh house. I have to say um, a, a couple of days ago, I was playing mediator between two people 
and um, just some relationship themes were coming up to be reviewed and transformed. Um, and that has just been a, a big theme and it's been on my mind a lot. Um, just who I am in relationship to the other and what I want to let go of in terms of my relationships with others. Um, and so it can be really helpful to see, you know, what the full moon is highlighting for you. You know, even if you're listening to this a few days after the full moon in Scorpio, go back and see how it played out for you because I think that that's the best way to learn about the energy is to see how it played out in retrospect in hindsight. And so, you know, a big theme of April was Taurus. And so when there's a full moon, it's always going to be opposing, um, you know, the sign that the sun is in. So the sun has been in Taurus. Taurus is all about stability and beauty and springtime. And, you know, Em and I just spent the day um, tending to our hopefully one day fruitful garden in the backyard. We're planting (laughs) seeds. We do not have green thumbs, you guys, but we're trying again. (laughs) Try, try again. And so we were planting and getting flowers and doing all that Taurus kind of stuff. You know, Taurus is ruled by Venus, so it has a lot to do with money and finance as well. And so with this Scorpio full moon, you know, it's, it's on that same axis. So, you know, in astrology, you always want to look at the opposing sign to get more information. So this full moon in Scorpio, you know, is going to be highlighting some of the things that we experienced um, through the month of April in Taurus. And so, you know, Uranus has been a big player in Taurus. We talked about that in the first podcast a little bit, reviewing 2020, because, you know, Uranus is definitely a big player in 2021. So what I've just noticed, you know, just from, you know, even just a lay person's perspective, I didn't know a thing about astrology, a thing about human design or any of this stuff. I would say that in the month of April, I noticed that people were feeling like they were kind of returning to their comfort zone. They were feeling a little bit more comfortable going out and about. I've seen people dining out for the first time, um, you know, in a year. I, you know, I, I observe. I'm an observer, okay? That's that's what I do. I observe. I look at what people are doing. What I notice when I'm scrolling on my Instagram stories, people are out to dinner. They're at the park. They're meeting up with friends. They're going to weddings. Um, the return to normalcy is kind of creeping back in. Um, but at the same time, I feel this like lurking, looming energy in the corner that's starting to kind of pull at that rug again, kind of trying to get us a little bit uncomfortable yet again. And so, you know, I hate to say that, but it's just how I see it going. And ironically enough, you know, here in Oregon, We've heard talks about another lockdown happening at the end of this month going into May. And that kind of goes into the next aspect that we are going to talk about, which is Pluto retrograde, which happens on April 27th. And that's going to last for a while. It's going to last until June. And so it's retrograde in in Capricorn, which rules the government. And so that's something that we want to look at here because... While Pluto may not necessarily affect your personal life, it is an energy that really affects our life as a collective, as a community, as a globe. And so, 
it's it's interesting that at the end of April, um, you know, our governor and I'm sure not the only ones, there's a little bit of talks of shutdown again. And I just find that really interesting because, um, you know, I'm sure Em can speak to this as well. When when you go into a retrograde, you kind of can retrace your steps on a certain energy, right, Em? Yeah, and just uh, just a little correction. Um, the yeah, retrograde. correct me, please. <laughs> The, the Pluto retrograde is from April 27th through October 6th. So it's oh, much, it's long. It's, yeah, it's yeah. longer. Pluto is a slow planet. Okay. Um, it's, it's also the smallest, uh, the smallest planet. So it's going to be about subtleties. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yeah, like Pluto in general is the, um, it's all about transformation and destruction um it's it's going through the underworld and kind of digging up those those skeletons in the closet and looking at your shadow side um or even on the mass uh on the mass scale like what we have um in you know in terms of like what we have to work on it as a collective yeah um and so i do remember that um Pluto went direct last year, right before the elections. Ah, I see. And I see. I, and I noticed that we're going back, and um, there's there's been some review in terms of audits. I don't know if it's been really making the news, um, but in terms of alternative news, it's it's there. It's certainly there. <laughs> um. So reviewing. Um, the election again, like I think people thought, up. people thought it was over, and uh, looks like it's it's, you know, we're gonna have to look at it again, you know, whatever the outcome is. Yeah, so it's interesting because again, like, you know, Pluto and Capricorn. I mean, it's like the government is holding on for dear life, you guys. All the structures that we grew up with, that we have come to grow comfortable with in modern society. All of that is being put under a microscope and is being shaken up. I mean, you know, like Em was saying, it's in the news again that they're going to do a recount in Maricopa County in Arizona, which was a big kind of fiasco on election night. And so it's like when these planets go retrograde, all of a sudden it's like hitting the rewind button and anything that, you know, any pieces that were left behind, any steps that we missed, we have to go back and correct it. And so it's like Emma's saying, it's not really about like what actually happens or the outcome or anything like that. We have no idea how it's going to play out, but it's just now you can be a little bit aware of like, okay, if it feels like you're having deja vu, like why is this coming up again? It's because that planet that it still has more to teach us about that event before we completely move on from it. So that's the caveat here is that if a planet goes retrograde and it doesn't bring up something from the past, that's usually because we've learned all we needed to learn about that thing. But if there's something that we missed, if there's something that you know the universe still wants us to look at, something that hasn't been reviewed, something that needs to be corrected, something that we still need to learn from that's when it comes up again for our review the universe is like nope you missed a step you missed something here you need to go back and so you know retrogrades um are gonna start happening again you know we had a lot of direct planets for a while and now we're gonna start to see some retrogrades creep in 
and you know the infamous mercury retrograde is happening in may that's not till the end of may but that's something that's gonna we're gonna start to feel a couple weeks in because what people don't understand sometimes about these energies is that you can feel it prior to the date that it goes retrograde or the date that it's exact or the date that it's square or whatever the aspect is whatever is happening in the sky you're going to tend to feel it a little bit before like for example i felt the full moon in scorpio a little bit prior you know it's it's not until technically monday night but um, i already started feeling it on friday frankly frankly and that could have been other aspects as well but it's just something to bear in mind. Um, and, you know, I just think, you know, since we're kind of on the subject of global events and everything, something that's really been on my mind recently is how we continue to see Saturn and Aquarius show up. And so Saturn and Aquarius, um, do you want to describe that energy, M? like what that means? Yeah, sure. So Saturn is the planet of... It's like the government, the authority, um, the structure, limitation, um, institutions. Yeah, institutions in general. Um, Saturn wants us to follow the rules and do things um, according to the the norm and and the you know what it's like following the law and things like that. Um, and then we have it in Aquarius. Um, in Aquarius, I mean, Saturn is the old ruler of Aquarius. Now Uranus rules Aquarius, but um, so there is like, it's comfortable in Aquarius, but that doesn't mean we're necessarily comfortable with I'm this energy. Um, so Aquarius is all about independence. Um, it's technology, um, like Aquarius just like likes to be free and it's and it's spontaneous and it's a humanitarian and it's like you know it's all about like your friendships and your uh your long-term goals and um technology if I didn't yet mention that but when Saturn went into Aquarius like last year like we you know this is like the this is the time when we've been experiencing like lockdowns and limitations on our communication we have to figure out like how to talk to each other not in person uh for many of us so it's like you know a lot of things have been a problem in that in that area and like a lot of us have felt very isolated from our families from our communities uh from our friends in general it's just hasn't been like it's it's a cold energy like it's not super warm and fuzzy like everything's behind a screen yeah it's a very detached aloof energy and what i've noticed is that when we go through these transits no matter what side you're on no matter who you are you're gonna have to learn the lesson that the universe is trying to teach and i just find it really interesting because at the beginning of this energy last year it was like you know there was one side of the population that was really fearful of a certain virus that i can't mention without getting censored and people were you know in isolation you know they even called it self-isolation they're like no i'm choosing to isolate i don't want to go out 
that's I, I'm not going to be around crowds. I'm going to self isolate, you know, and that's very Aquarius. And then there was another group of people who were saying, you know what, I'm not afraid of this. I'm going to go out and about. I'm going to live my life. I'm going to have my business open and everything like that. And now I'm seeing a little bit of a flip of this energy where um, there has been some talk about complications with the jab and, you know, it could possibly be shedding. One of them got recalled. And now it's a flip where it's like the people who were out and about and not afraid are suddenly becoming afraid of the people who may be shedding and they're seeing, you know, there's been talk, um, news articles about um, complications with women's cycles, which, you know, you guys have probably heard about if you're in the natural health community. Um, there's been some side effects with women's cycles and even if you didn't get the jab, if you were around people who did, it's also affecting your cycle. And so now there's people who are choosing to not be around people who got the jab because of that side effect and because it's affecting people regardless of if they got it or not. And so this isn't like a direct judgment on any of those people. It's just to say that, isn't it interesting that the energy is playing out for you regardless of which side of the fence that you're on. It's like Saturn Aquarius wants to teach like how, who are you? when you can't be in the crowd who mm -hmm. are you as an individual so that when you reconnect with the crowd you know who you are and you don't succumb to things like groupthink. and it's about you know really standing up for your principles and your beliefs and so it's just interesting that regardless like this is an energy that we have to contend with and we have to learn from regardless of you know where we stand and so I just, you know, it's it's always very humbling, you know, with, with astrological forces. It's like, it, it doesn't care who you are. It doesn't care how much money you make. It doesn't care your status. It doesn't care your political affiliation. It's still going to teach you the lesson regardless. Even if you don't believe in astrology. It's still, <laughs> <yeah. laughs> still going to mess up your day a little bit, you know, it, it, <laughs> it's a harsh aspect. It's going to teach you something and it's like, Okay, because this is how we grow as a population, as individuals, as a collective. This is how we grow. It's like, you know, it's like when you have a bunch of dull kitchen knives because they never had any resistance against them. It's like you have to sharpen the blade with that resistance because otherwise we would just be a bunch of dull knives that, you know, don't really make anything of ourselves and... Human beings can tend to get kind of lazy when they don't have any resistance. And so, you know, I always talk about, of course, in human design, trying to avoid resistance when possible. But, you know, limitation breeds creativity. It, create, it creates future growth and possibilities. So Saturn coming into a sign and limiting our social interactions is asking us to review what's important for you in an interaction what are your principles? You know, who do you want to be friends with? Where do you stand in the crowd? How can you, you know, retain your personal identity and your confidence in who you are when you're in a group of people? So that's that's my soapbox on that, I guess. I just wanted to say that observation because I just found it kind of ironic. And it just made me chuckle a little bit. You know, I think sometimes we're in such weird 
wacky times, you know, thank Uranus for that. Thank all of these things that just went through Capricorn, all these big planets. Now they're in Aquarius. And it's like, there's so much newness and discomfort and um, the comfort zone being obliterated and just like everything is, you know, you don't know which way is up and which way is down. So sometimes you just have to take, you know, you just have to take a step back and you have to laugh because it's just so crazy and insane, but it's all for a purpose. And, you know, we are going to start to see a shift though. When we go into the May energy, we see a shift from predominantly Taurus energy to now those planets moving into Gemini. So, and do you want to speak to that? It looks like Mercury is entering Gemini at the beginning of May. Venus is entering Gemini. So what's that shift going to feel like for us? Yeah, so Taurus is the sign of your material wealth, and it's a sign of beauty and um, nature. And then we're shifting into Gemini, which is much more about information and uh, uh, conversations and thinking. Like uh, Gemini is an air sign and Taurus is an earth sign. So that's a, that's a very different energy. Um, Gemini just like loves to find it's it you know it's um it moves pretty quickly and likes mm-hmm. to um find different information different people uh likes to talk a lot um, yeah Gemini's and um just a very intelligent sign so when we have Mercury Mercury is the ruler of Gemini so um it's it's very much comfortable in this uh in this location so that's gonna be yeah just a lot of talking and then venus venus and gemini would mean like venus rules like money and beauty and relationships um so you're you know your relationships might be more um more chatty and just more like you're more interested in in the intellectual side of your relationships, um, then maybe the sensual aspects of Taurus, which, which are like, you know, you're, you're wanting to go into nature and be more grounded and, um, you know, experience the good things in life. And I kind of see this energy as like, I'm picturing like a backyard barbecue where people are grilling up some good food. They're outside, the sun is shining they're talking, they're catching up, and the conversation is flowing smoothly. And, you know, with Venus and Gemini, it's like, oh, it's like you're attracted to the mind, to the intellect. Yep. So you'll find, you know, somebody's intellect more attractive. You know, people with this sign natally, that's that's what they've expressed, right? Is like, yeah, exactly. It's exactly. Like, you're, uh, Venus is how you relate to other people. Um, so it's, you know, it's how you attract people and just like how you engage with them. So, um, exactly. So they're, they're, they're really into the brains of, of someone. Um, so if, you know, if you're, if you're looking, if you want to impress someone, you better be intelligent during this time. Um, you gotta have stuff in common. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and then, you know, we do get another taste of Taurus energy, though, on May 11th, the new moon's in Taurus. And I think you were telling me that it's pretty well-aspected, like the energy flows pretty well. 
for this new moon and Mm -hmm. you know since venus will have just entered gemini again i'm picturing that like that backyard barbecue that hanging out with friends out in the sun it would be probably a good time to do that granted that you know (laughs) we're not put under another lockdown but yeah yeah i mean no exactly um the good aspects are more in terms of uh, creativity. Mm. So there's there's some the, some sextiles to Neptune, um, but it's it's also um, you know it's a good it's a good time to study. Yeah. Um, and it's you know if you're driven to do something for humanity um and set set that into play mm. um that's also a good day and just thinking in terms of the new moon th- these are like your intentions as well yes. of like starting something quite literally new um so i don't know about a barbecue so much on this specific day but that's the kind of the i i agree with that when you would say just as more planets move into gemini yeah, it's the time um, in general, yeah. but just that that specific day, um, that's that's much that would be good for um, more creative projects and study. I would say, wonderful. And then you know, May thirteenth, as we're getting midway through the month of May, Jupiter is entering Pisces, and so just looking at this, I just find it really interesting because we're talking about Gemini, we're talking about information gathering, we're talking about talking communication and then jupiter is entering pisces and so jupiter tends to like magnify the energy that it goes into because the planet of expansion mm-hmm. pisces um you know it was an aquarius and so jupiter going from aquarius to pisces it's like i can see a little bit of an information war brewing mm-hmm. yeah um I mean, yeah. When it comes to when it comes to Jupiter and Pisces, um, well, Jupiter was the old ruler of Pisces, so it's it's comfortable there. So so that's good in that sense. Um, in terms of I just like in terms of information, um, that can get a little blurry. Yeah. Um, that's the downside of Pisces is is kind of it's a confusing energy um, so it'll be more confusing um, at that time um, and then just you know but the the nice thing about Pisces is just that spiritual connection and a sense of compassion for people so like bringing that into your conversations I think can be very important during that time um, you know, and, and just connecting to your spiritual side should uh, give you just a, a better sense of, uh, of connection to people as well. It's, um, and to humanity and the collective purpose and seeing the bigger picture as well, um, I think is very important at that time. So, Yeah, I think it's a good time to really know what your specific intuition feels like for you. So like when we talk about in human design your strategy and authority so like your authority being what your intuition is it's going to be really important to like feel that sacral that gut intuition or feel that spleen um intuition um because that is always going to be the way that you can cut through the confusion um you're never going to want to 
you know, hyper analyze and, you know, you're going to want to go through the facts and everything like that, of course, but it's like, you're going to want to pay attention to that gut feeling because, um, Pisces, um, rules the media and rules the news. And, you know, so it just can be a little bit, you know, with all this Gemini and energy as well, I guess I'm just a little bit, you know, concerned that it could be a little bit of a confusing time to know what's going on. Um, you know, so that's just something to be aware of, especially because by then, um, you know, we would nearly be in the shadow of Mercury retrograde where it's going to get even more confusing. Yeah. Yeah. And what something I would say too is, um, you know, in, in terms of confusing information, um, a lot of times the media like will not put out the full story. You know, they don't have all the information at once. And then it often takes time, as we like we saw this last year. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes time for, for new information to come in. And it's like, oh, we got it from this angle now, or we got it from that angle, or, or this person came to me with this evidence, or, you know, things of that nature. Um, so it's like when there is confusing energy and you know that that's going to be the energy, like just be very cautious about the, the, the stuff you're consuming and like yeah. be, you know, a little bit more skeptical, um, if you can, because, uh, I think, um, there's, there's also, while there's fogginess, um, in, in Pisces, there's, I would also say that like. Um, it can go the other way too of being like rose colored glasses and just like seeing everything um, too perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, Naivety. Yeah, exactly. So. Makes sense. Well, then, you know, May 20th, we have the sun entering Gemini. So that's just going to be even more Gemini energy. Yeah, um, stellium at that point, which is. Uh, three or more planets in the same sign yeah so happy to happy birthday to you if you're a gemini (laughs) in this season um and then we have another planet that's going retrograde and so that's may 23rd as we'll see saturn going retrograde in aquarius Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and i mean saturn retrograde um i would say that i've kind of seen this as a lessening of that energy of that restrictive energy so Mm. i'm kind of hoping it's i mean it's may 23rd to october 10th Mm -hmm. i'm hoping to see Uh. some uh some lessening of restrictions or like something happens that um you know however that looks there it looks like there's more protests and things of that nature mm-hmm. um or just more pressure on on government officials mm-hmm. um people are ready to get back to what they've been doing um so there's there's going to be that pushback um so i wouldn't be surprised if if we get a bit of a break during that time kind of makes sense too when you consider um it being a virus and just you know tend to not get as sick or you don't get sick as often during the late spring summer early fall so yeah that's true um but at the same time saturn retrograde um in the negative aspect can bring up some um some karmic lessons for us 
and I'm going to point specifically to anyone that's under a Saturn return. So that means that... Um, oh boy. <laughs> yeah, so if you were born with Saturn in Aquarius, you're currently going through what's called your Saturn return, which just means that Saturn is um, now in the same sign, um, and when it's exact, it'll be at the same degree as it was when you were born. Um, so this is like, just in general, Saturn returns tend to be the time of, uh, of maturity and, you know, like thinking about what you want to do with the rest of your life, pretty much. Um, you know, you've had some time to, to, you know, get your feet wet, but like, you're really starting to think, okay, do I want to get married? Do I want, you know, what do I want to do for a living? Do I want to, do I want to have kids? So people tend to have like some very um, humbling moments uh, during their Saturn returns where it's like some people like totally transition uh, to a different career or they decide they want to get married, um, you know, things of that nature. Um, so, you know, anyone who happens, I can even give specifics, um, anyone who has uh, Saturn between 6 and 13 degrees of Aquarius. Um, you can look that up on astro.com. Um, those people would be the most affected. Doesn't mean that you don't get affected um, if you aren't, you know, because mine, for instance, is 17 degrees of Aquarius. I still feel it. Mm -hmm. I'm not in, like, I'm kind of getting, we're getting closer to that range. But I still feel it. Mm -hmm. um, but it's just going to be stronger lessons, um, karmic lessons for those people uh, that are our age that are currently going through their Saturn return. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, toward the latter end of the month, May 26th, that's when we enter eclipse season. And so this is going to be a full moon, total lunar eclipse in Sagittarius. Um, and so whenever there's an eclipse, it's highlighting... Um, the nodes of the moon as well, which have been in Sagittarius and Gemini. And so since we're in Gemini season, I, I think it's just going to be really, really interesting how this plays out um, because all of that is going to be brought up to the surface again because, you know, as we go into next year, the nodes are going to shift into Scorpio and Taurus and so I feel like this is just going to be a really big re-emphasizing of what do we still have to learn from Gemini and Sagittarius. And so what do you see happening for that eclipse? Well, for that day specifically, I do see some squares to Neptune, uh, Mercury, when it's in its uh, shadow retrograde, um, is squaring Neptune. Um, Venus is squaring Neptune. So that's that's gonna be a troublesome day for communication. Um, yeah, squares are squares are um, harsh aspects for people who don't know. Yeah, it's that's conflicting. a challenging that's a challenging aspect. So squares, I just feel like uh, you know sometimes that's that's like an, an outside event that that happens that we can't really. Um, and, you know, it's no one's fault, um, but it's just like, you know, a square is, is good in some ways because it, it just causes growth, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so, you know, it just 
depends on how you approach it. I can argue that, you know, certain trines are, um, you know, can be just as much of a problem if, uh, you know, you're going, uh, trends tend to speed up something. And if you're going in the wrong direction, well, you can quickly go like to the bottom. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, you know, all in perspective, um, there's always a negative and positive aspect to the aspect. Yeah, Yeah, everything. And that's why it's never doom and gloom. It's just like, okay, you're going to see themes play out in the collective, themes play out in your own life, and it's kind of like up to you what you do with that. And, um, you know, we we have control over our destiny, but then also there are things that happen to us that, you know, like I was alluding to earlier in the podcast, things that we have to learn or look over or move through to really get to the next level or to um, benefit our soul's evolution. And yeah, so after that eclipse, the last major aspect for May is the Mercury retrograde. And, you know, that's always kind of, I just find that, you know, after people know their sun sign astrology, that's usually what they jump to next is their Mercury retrograde. That's is something that's well known in pop culture and pop astrology. And it being retrograde in Gemini, um, yeah, it's it's just something where again, it's it's going to be a little fuzzy with communication and there could be some delays. And with all of these aspects that we're talking about, again, you're gonna have to know where. Um, it's transiting in your chart, what what house it is, so that you know the general themes of how it's going to play out for you. You know, is it going to be delay in travel or technology or relationship communication or um, money or, you know, it, it could be anything. But in general, um, you know, with it being in Gemini, it's going to have to do with communication. And I would say, what do you say, Em, because Gemini is like kind of a quick mercurial sign it's like i can see something is just generally moving slower than is maybe comfortable yeah certainly slower than what is comfortable for gemini since they are very quick um but but yeah i mean you know but again retrogrades um and in terms of mercury retrograde like if you if you just notice that like all these things are just starting to um you know get delayed you know um you have to like go and and edit things and just the time to slow down slow down the mental processes it's gonna be like more challenging to do when there's uh when it's mercury and gemini because that goes so against what gemini is like but i just you know like if if you just can let go of the perfection when it comes to the way you communicate and uh you know i mean i personally have mercury retrograde in my progressed chart and a progressed chart is um that's like how you you know you um expand you get to expand with your chart and with your natal chart so i was actually born pretty close to a mercury retrograde in the shadow period So for the last 20 years, um, I've had this aspect. So it's kind of, in some ways, having Mercury retrograde pretty consistently in your daily life. So it's like, okay, how do I deal with this? Well, 
Um, I have to learn to go with the flow and not be so hard on myself if I miscommunicate or it's, you know, things are a little foggy. Um, so it's like, you get to, you get to learn from that. And then it's like, oh, Mercury retrograde. Well, fuck. Like I have that, sorry. Um, I have that in my, uh, my progress chart. So it's like, I got this, you know? Um, so they're not so bad. Like if you know how to approach them you know what I mean so and depending on where it's hitting in your chart I mean some people will not even notice a mercury retrograde pass them by and then other times it's like oh my god when is this going to be over and they feel it the majority of the time like usually how it plays out in my life is um you know somebody will cancel an appointment and I'll already be there or I'll hit traffic or there will just be some miscommunication on the time of something and somebody will be late or I'll be late. Or, um, also, I've noticed that, you know, when I travel during Mercury retrograde, sometimes things just don't flow as well as they could. You know, like you mm-hmm. get to the restaurant and it's closed that day. And even though it said on their website they would be open at this time, they're not. And it's just like those little annoyances that make it a little bit less fun and can kind of kill the vibe a little bit. Um, I try not to travel during Mercury Retrograde because of that, but I will do it if I have to. It's not like a deal breaker. I just know that it may feel a little bit different and it may flow a little bit less. Um, You know, maybe you're more likely to hit that construction zone, you know, when you're traveling or something and you'll have delay or it's just like an annoying thing, but it's not like the end all be all. I mean, I know other people who they will consistently have like computer glitches and technology glitches during Mercury retrogrades. So it's kind of interesting like how it plays out with your personal natal chart or your birth chart and um, how it affects you differently. I I find that some people have consistent experiences with it no matter what sign it's in just because that's a theme for them. Like that's an aspect of communication um, or um, any Mercury theme that they personally have issues with can kind of be brought up to the surface during that time. Yeah, and um, just, you know, word of caution, just the things that you may want to avoid doing. I mean, Kaylee mentioned travel. Um, if you can help it, um, try not to schedule travel, like or especially like vacation. If you're uh, putting a lot of money into something, you don't want to do that. Yeah, and things like contracts, um, it's not the best time to like sign a lease or, um, you know, certain important contracts, whatever they may be for. Um, If you can help it, try to postpone those decisions. Um, And if you do absolutely need to sign the contract, just make sure that you're looking at it with a close eye and... um, not missing any detail because like read the fine print make sure you're on the same page ask questions um because there you know there there could be things in the contract that you miss and then you come back to it and you're like oh i totally didn't see that so well what i find hilarious too is like before you and i were super super into astrology i mean We've always been interested in astrology, but we didn't pay as close attention to it as we do now. Um, The reason that we pay attention to it is because we notice if we do try to go, you know, kind of against the energy, it will blow up in our face a little bit. Like, 
I remember one time and we tried to sign a lease or we tried to like have a we tried to rent a house wasn't it like right before mercury retrograde or during mercury retrograde and just like the whole thing fell apart yep yeah it was i think it was during (laughs) it was during mercury retrograde yeah it was just like it's like uh you know you see the red flags but you don't want to see the red flags, so you're just like oh it's fine like i remember like the the landlord was super hard to communicate with there you go communication and the place, you know, there was just like some minor things that were adding up. And then ultimately it just completely fell through and we ended up wasting like a lot of energy on it. And so it just goes to show like, even if you try to, to push through, sometimes the universe will just like give you a big red stop sign anyway. Um, <laughs> so sometimes it's just better to just not even bother and to be like, you know what? We have retrogrades for a reason because, you know, I, I always talk about like how nature has cycles. It's like, okay, this is another cycle where you're not necessarily meant to start something new or pursue something mm-hmm. new. You're yeah. meant to review the things that, again, you missed or that you want to catch up on or things that you need to complete that you already started. It's more of a time for that and more of a time for uh, resting and to go slower. And so, that's when it will manifest in your external is like if you're not slowing down all of a sudden the universe will slow you down through a traffic jam you know it's like okay so take the lesson see the writing on the wall work with the energy and be like you know what for a few weeks I don't I don't have to start something new I don't have to always move full speed ahead maybe I should take some time out and really review and really see what I want to do when the energy goes direct And when it's more time to act, you know, plant the seeds on the new moon mid-month. And then once Mercury goes direct, then it's really time to start to work toward that more so, like really take action on it. Um, But maybe it's more of the planning stage until that. And so, of course, you don't have to take everything I say to a T or M says to a T It's just, it's always interesting to be aware of and just see how it plays out in your life. You know, double check your appointment book, double check the time that you agreed to um, and plan ahead, you know, leave a little bit early and just try not to make more hassle for yourself than you need to. Yeah, and it's just, you know, even, even knowing these things, even being an astrologer, it's like, I still get those dangling carrots in front of me where I'm like, ooh, this is really tempting. Yeah. And I want to take action or I want to, you know, book this or whatever. And it's just like, oh, crap. Like it comes to it and then it's just like it's it's not the right thing or it's not good timing or, or something like that. Something is just off with it. So, yep. Is there anything else and that we need to cover for May or is that it? Um... We pretty much got it, so. Okay. Well, guys, thank you so much if you've made it this far. Thanks for uh, sticking with us. I hope that you got something out of this. Um, I hope you have a fantastic full moon in Scorpio and a fantastic month ahead. And I will catch you on the next episode. Thanks, guys.